1: happy tuesday to everyone out there man east coast midwest enjoy the next couple of days because you got a huge storm coming left Uh-oh. You got like three days of consecutive snow coming to the midwest and the east coast so it's about to get ugly you are about to have yourself a white christmas in the lucky lefty podcast i'm your guy sean davis at sb2 mics that dude right there the original lucky lefty himself Malik Zaire, we are brought to you today by Anora Whiskey, anurahwhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink by all means, make sure that you drink.
2: Responsibly.
1: you got to drink responsibly. Today, we're going to hear from the defensive side of the ball, players like Jalen Sneed, Xavier Watts, Junior Tula Maka, who's made a change. Not only playing linebacker, but playing a little bit of Viper. Notre Dame has a new offer out. And it's a familiar territory that has produced players like Man Teo, Jordan Patello. And this young man looks like he can get it done coming off the edge. We'll talk about that. Have some really, really good intel concerning Peyton Bourne. National signing day is tomorrow.
2: So we're getting to
1: that as well, and we have a lot of people to put on the petty train. So it's going to be a great show. Today is the day of the double feature on Lucky Lefty podcast. We're going to give you about forty to forty-five minutes this morning, and then we're going to open it up, and we're going to have our brother John Garcia Jr. all to ourselves tonight at six p.m. right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast you can find us and all of our great content at apple Podcasts, spotify courtesy of cfb nation in conjunction with irish breakdown it's the lucky lefty podcast you already know we spin it different
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: And then tomorrow, National Signing Day, make sure you guys tap in with us all day. The IB CFB Nation family. John Garcia is going to be on IB and also CFB Nation tomorrow. He's going to be posting his own mini videos tomorrow. So stay locked in with that. Stay locked in with his content all day. We will be part of the National Signing Day coverage that will begin at 9 a.m central time 10 o'clock eastern time over on irish breakdown myself and left will be jumping in have player interviews parent interviews it's going to be a great show and then as soon as that's done you can flip right over to lucky lucky podcast and we're going to have the wrap-up show of national signing day we're going to have player interviews and we're going to have OG interviews from OG. former players and get their thoughts on the recruiting class as it sits on tomorrow. So it's going to be a fantastic day of National Signing Day coverage, Irish breakdown, and then CFP Nation Lucky Lefty podcast starting. I think left, we're probably going to go live right about 6 Central. So by the time we hit the hit the ground running, it's definitely going to be everybody's online signed up. So it's going to be a long day.
2: Yeah,
1: it's going to be a long day. I'm sure they're going to have left on Irish breakdown talking about Kenny Minchie, what he brings to the class when he officially signs. All these young men are going to have their signing days at their schools or different um, areas. And uh, venues close to them where they live. So it's going to be fantastic, man. It's going to be fantastic. Can I give you a little bit of intel?
2: Talk to me. Left.
1: Um, all last week, all we heard and all we felt from Notre Dame fan base was panic. Panic, 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 panic. Panic,
2: panic, panic, panic. panic, panic.
1: Concerning Peyton Bourne, the, the reports. And a possible flip, Oregon coming in with NIL presentations late in the game. I talked to, I tipped my cap yesterday on the recruiting show. And I want to do it again right here. It must feel wonderful to actually have a head coach that knows how to fight Tooth and nail for elite recruits knows how to go in home and actually make an impression. An impression. A A lasting impression. A a lasting impression on the final in-home visit. And then can inspire the young men in the class to do what we've seen players from Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State do, coming down to the wire national signing day for years. See, unfortunately, this fan base. Is used to you know everything being quiet, and once the rumors break about a deep commitment, Notre Dame is not fighting back, they just take it. Oh, we lost one. Oh, like last year, Morion Walker, yeah, supposed to be all Notre Dame,
2: must be all Notre Dame. End up going, they, they come to the
1: rumors. The rumors to Michigan, yeah, what does Notre Dame, do tuck tail and run. No fight. The best thing I heard when Marcus Freeman took over is that he said, I'm the head recruiter on everybody. On everybody. He goes in home with Peyton Bourne on Friday night. Most felt like that he was going to hear, sorry, coach. We love you. We thank you for everything you've done. But we've decided to go in another direction. Peyton Bourne was scheduled to go up to Oregon over the weekend. He was also scheduled for another visit to Norman.
2: Whatever, you know, it's just like, whatever, dude.
1: None of those things happen. Yeah. Then on top of that, you see the 2023 class that has a tremendous, mm-hmm. tremendous set of values and worth and belief and how they're going to change things at Notre Dame. Like, they really believe that. They believe they are the game-changing class for Notre Dame football.
2: That's how you're supposed to feel. That's a good sign.
1: The recruits refused to stop fighting. They went on the attack. They kept calling. They stayed locked in. They kept posting on social media. It feels good as a fan base to have a program that follows the lead of the head coach that's willing to fight. And, see, I don't. that's why I don't mind losing a Keon Keely or a Dante Moore in his first round. do Don't mind because I know what he's going to do. He's going to keep fighting. Yeah, okay, man. I lost those two. But well, watch who I get in 24 because I'm coming back. Yeah, watch eat.
2: who I get in 24. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we said it last week, this this class is like the first Rocky movie. Okay, call it a draw. But the next time I get into the ring with these dudes, Marcus Freeman expects to come out the winner with the belt. Champ. Champ. That's his mindset. And that's the mindset of this class. They expect to be national champions. And that's, and, that's, and that's
2: how we were, and exactly how we were. We were the class that we said, okay, we're going to change it. We're going to be the team that wins it coming after the championship year that we lost to Alabama. And we were smart for the class above us who was also a really good class. Uh, and 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 just that makes and belief. And then we had some really, really, really good players that made an impact early. And that's what you need. You need that class to come in feeling like they're not uh the the uh, the the hole fixers, but they're they're the program changers, and we got a lot of firepower in both of these, twenty three and twenty four, with Marcus Freeman not quitting and bouncing back after getting news of, you know, you just leave a kid's home and he decommits and goes somewhere else, or uh, other guys decommitting. He's been able to save uh, save face, and been able to stay strong on on his recruiting tactics and he's been bouncing back with some undercover really good finds and gems I believe in this class is gonna make an impact early especially on special teams
1: look bro <laughs> I won't say who I talked to multiple recruits last night multiple recruits last night Flat out ask them. How you feeling about your boy? <laughs> I'll just leave it at this. They know. They already know where he's going. Mm. That's their mindset. Like, oh, we already know where he's going. And they feel great. I'll leave yeah. it at that.
2: Yeah, I think if it was a concern, Marcus Freeman would have a more of attempted effort uh, openly, you know, to re-recruit a kid that still, I don't think he's going to play the first year. But, you know, down the line he's going to be an impactful player and I think it would be great uh, to keep it in. But, you know, we've been real cool on not getting too uh, stressed out over guys you know, with interest, of other places that are committed or decommitting or flipping on us, we uh, you know, I think we've been pretty solid throughout this whole process.
1: The last thing to kind of put a nice bow on this Peyton Bowen saga that will come to an end sometime tomorrow, <laughs> and either someone's fan base is going to be extremely happy tomorrow. That's
2: right. Because <laughs> yeah, ain't, ain't no more waiting now, you gotta right. it
1: you can't put it off any longer. The kid has had over a week to decommit. Mm-hmm. If he had decommitted on the in home visit, more than likely you would have seen a post the next day. Mm. If he had had that conversation with Marcus Freeman, only to go. And get a story from the Oklahoma 24-7 site today. Where even his head coach at Denton Geyer predicts that Notre Dame will win out. He said as of last week. Now, this is his coach. This is his high school coach.
2: Since a baby.
1: His own mm. his own high school coach said last week I thought it was going to be Oregon. Mm. Not Oklahoma. He said I thought it was gonna be Oregon.
2: He said them shoes came to the school.
1: That NIL they yeah, up. something else. They something backed else.
2: Up that truck dropped the Nike Chris Nike boxes off.
1: I thought somehow some way. <laughs> now his coach is like. Pretty much the longer he stays committed, he'll probably stay with his decision.
2: We're going to find out tomorrow.
1: So if he stays committed throughout this day, Notre Dame fans, National Signing Day might turn out to be as glorious as you thought it would have been over a month ago. But you got to – see, Notre Dame fans, look, I know it's been tough. I know it's been a roller coaster ride. And I know we haven't been used to stuff like this because we didn't have a head coach that actually went out after the elite talent and believed that they would want to come to Notre Dame that would stay in it to the end, up until the last second, a national signing day. We're not used to that. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: We're not used to that. So as a fan base, we're going to have to get used to these ups and downs of recruiting these rumors, these stories. We got to learn how to relax and let Marcus Freeman do his job. Let Marcus Freeman do exactly what he said, what he's going to see. Take him at his word. Marcus Freeman is doing exactly what he said he's going to do. He's going to get elite talent to see that Notre Dame is the place they need to be. He said, I'm not going to convince them. I'm going to get them to see that Notre Dame is the place they need to be. Good strategy. Hey, we'll see.
2: We will see. We
1: shall see. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Let me tell you something, man. If Peyton Bourne stays in this class, I'm going to talk so much-ish tomorrow, bro. Do you know how much trash I have watched certain people talk within the fan base and outside the fan base over the last month to a month and a half? Do you understand?
2: Let them talk, Sean. Let them talk. The
1: amount of GC ignorance that I'm going to spit tomorrow. bro. (laughs) The level of GC ignorance that's going to come out of my mouth on tomorrow.
2: Yeah, rightfully so.
1: Oh, man. They can take all their crystal balls and shove it.
2: Because because all of these is a guess. Nature's out there guessing. Causing, causing havoc. Guessing. But at Notre Dame, we know. We Look, ain't going around here.
1: And I have not stated or given a prediction. That's not what I've done. What I've told you is what his head coach has said. I've told you what his... Brotherhood, his brothers in the 23 recruiting class of Notre Dame, what they said, and I'm telling you what's trending and how things are trending within that program concerning Peyton Bourne. Mm-hmm. He could wake up tomorrow and choose to go to Texas AM for all I care. For all I oh, yeah. care, yeah. we never know. By the way, Texas AM is still throwing that background. around, and they've actually. Their class has kind of picked up life over the last week.
2: That's right. I mean, they so, got a lot of empty spots. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you best believe Lucky Lefty Podcast. You want to tune in all day tomorrow. We talking that ish. We talking it. Right? Especially for the people who are like, man, you know, NIL, without NIL, there's no way Marcus Freeman can hold on to a. A five star. Okay, let it happen.
2: Let it happen.
1: Let it happen. Let it happen. You may be right, but if by some chance it happens, or y'all getting y'all getting a full day of this face. That's right. I'm letting it be known. Shut your mouth. Let's get defensive minded and gator boat.
2: It's gonna be a. It'll be a good show tomorrow, I'll tell you that.
1: Left, how difficult was it? Because, you know, I listened to the players, and one thing stood out. They talked about Marcus Freeman setting the tone not only on the field but setting the tone off the field. And literally he gave his team schedule, a schedule. Because not only are they preparing and competing – but they're preparing for finals. Yeah. At the same time. That's right. You've been through that. Talk about how preparing for finals and preparing for a bowl game at Notre Dame is different than anywhere else. That's the one thing I picked up from the players. Like, yo, it's no joke, especially the freshmen.
2: Yeah. I mean, definitely an adjustment for the freshmen, just because you have a a, a lot of expectations uh, depending on where you come from, you know, finishing the year with a lot of projects and papers. Always had a lot of big papers that I had to stay up some some nights for uh, just to get them done. I, th- and I think a lot of that just comes from a lot of guys procrastinate and they let it get to the end of the year and they got to go talk to Adam and then Adam tell them you got to do a list of things like
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, to, to get back on track. And then you get a lot of guys that uh, get that warning shot. They were like, uh, you gonna be eligible by the end of this. So you know, they they on their p's and q's uh, a little harder. So yeah, the end of the year is 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 the culmination of all the stuff you procrastinated with and uh, put back just because you're focused on you know the success of the season. So uh, the good thing is is that a lot of times the class schedule is a little lighter. So you may uh, not have some classes because they let you, you know, do projects or they building up to the exam, and then you have the bowl game practices that are uh, a lot more chill. But then you you got the break coming up, so you get a lot of uh, end of the year cleaning. You know, got school, so it's a lot that goes on. But it's exciting when you go to the bowl game. Because it, it gives you that reinvigoration, kind of freshens you up to get a few more practices in before you actually uh, play in a game.
1: I can't even imagine it, bro. I can't even imagine it. Cause I, I, you're right. I was that dude, right? You know, you have students. I'm, I'm better in chaos.
2: Exactly. I think most football players or athletes are, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I was better in chaos in, in college. And... Um, I would constantly tell myself, though, look, like man, start on the paper this weekend. Yeah, so you won't have to do it next weekend. When right? you have to do it, right? Yeah. And then was... some, something would pop up. Somebody would hit me up, like, "Yo, we're going over here. We're about to go here."
2: And every time, I'm man. like, "All right, I'll see you later." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then somehow, some way, I would still get the job done
2: every time. You, so get, you it, can find a way to get it done, but when you do it, you like, oh man, I'm, I'm good at this. I can, I can, I can manage.
1: Yo, and to kids that might be watching with your parents, don't be like us. Don't be like. Us. Don't procrastinate. Handle your business up front. Stay ahead of the game. It's the best way to deal with college and your school. World. Oh, yo,
2: time management and dealing with being under the gun—it's just not fun after a while.
1: No. It wears on you. Yeah,
2: it wears wears
1: on you. Lucky 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 Podcast. That's our PSA for the kids today right here. Lucky Lucky Podcast. So we did have the defensive players. We spoke to the offensive players yesterday. We we thank everybody for your comments, the likes, the views of yesterday's show, and the downloads over at Spotify Apple Podcasts. And we understand those that hit back and Felt like we were taking unnecessary shots at Tyler because, you know, you can't judge an interview.
2: Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can 100% judge an interview. And for a guy that's been hurt all season, all season, you would think would be itching at the bit to get out there and – Proved that he should have been playing all season, that it was just a uh, mental lapse. like, But then to also agree that they need to go get another guy for the room, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? So those are some red flags that I think are 100% reasons to be concerned. Because it's, it's different than giving the cliche responses. We were like, okay, he's Mr. Rogers. He's just going to tell us what we want to hear. You know, like Mitchell Evans, give us a sweet response. We can move on. But his interview just happened to be alarming because it was takes that you wouldn't expect from a guy that hasn't played as much as everybody's probably wanted to.
1: And to give context, I believe yesterday, and he mentioned it at the beginning, uh, he was coming, they were coming off the offense. They were coming off a rough practice. I think it was like they they had, had stacked really good practices and then that particular day wasn't their best performance. Right. So maybe that had them down. Maybe that had them disappointed. I don't know. But still, you know, that's the great thing about sports and being part of the fan base. We all have different point of views. And right here on Lucky Lefty, we respect them all. We respect them all as long as it's respectful. Okay, you tell me where you want to start, left. We can start with the defensive line, Howard Cross. We can go to your boy Jalen Sneed. We can bring up Benji, the all American. You want to come with Jalen Sneed? That's your guy. That's your guy. Jalen Sneed, man, he's he's from South Carolina. South Carolina recruited him, and it's a big game for him to face off against them, you know, and they won't be too far from the border of South Carolina when they kick it off at the Gate of Bow down in Jacksonville, so this is big for him on multiple levels, and the fact that he's trending up, getting more snaps, playing more, learning the position, And Jalen Sneed talked about that, like how special everything is going to be for him and what's going into his preparation, not only for the game, but for the position linebacker during the season. I feel like it's a great opportunity
5: that I get to play a hometown school and that all my friends and family are pretty much fans of them and I can't just wait to go kick some butt. Mm -hmm. And then what do you know now about the linebacker position that you might not have known in August, just going through a full season? uh i feel like there's a lot to linebacker than a lot of people think like there's a lot more thinking than i thought uh at the end of the season uh just knowing what to do being able to watch film and know what's coming at you is just like a great tool to have. and then how valuable has james and i just been for your development uh james has been the best he's we've been pinning so many extra hours to get better Uh, we've been watching film together working on the field together It's just been amazing to have him, a 10-year NFL vet. I mean, you can't really do much better than that.
1: Did the freshman say he was going to kick butt? Did he He say he was ready to kick butt?
2: He said he's looking, he's like, yeah. He said, I'm going to be out there, and I'm hitting something. I'm leaving with something. He kind of looks like Meek Mill if he cut his hair a little bit. Let's see. It's a great opportunity. If he cut his hair, you look a little bit like Meek Mill.
1: That's a good one. I gotta look at that. <laughs> Man, yo. You can see it though. I he does have a little meat likeness to him. Yeah. If he cuts his hair. Hold up wait a minute. Y'all yeah, yeah.
2: he's definitely been to turn up though in his gator. But I think a lot of times when you get the extra motivation of your friends and family going to be there and it's a, it's a school that you, you know, have a lot of love for, you just didn't want to commit for whatever reason, you get a little bit of a boost in your in your battery pack. And I think it's going to help promote what I think is going to be a, a, a nice opening season Call for what he's what he's going to bring to this school, and I think, uh, him and along with that lineage of freshman linebackers with Ziggler and him, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty special. And Tua Lamaca, I said it right, I had to say it. Had to you look. hit it,
1: you hit it, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he went on to talk about <clears throat> how he cut his teeth and how every freshman, every player that comes through, know the name cuts their teeth on the defensive side of the ball with Brian Mason. How special the special teams group has become in that program.
5: I feel like special teams is a key part of the game and everybody should play, especially uh, when you're a skill guy. Uh, I feel like it's helped my game a lot because it's, it's like like if they don't trust you yet, like it builds trust for you. Uh, to be able to play on defense. When you see guys like,
3: you know, Fosky one of the lead guys on the team making plays on mm-hmm. that side of the ball, does it sort of generate sort of a buzz around a special teams then the locker
5: room? Uh, I feel like Coach Mace has just made it so exciting uh, to be able to be a part of special teams, kickoff, punt block. It's just been fun to be in the meetings, very intrigued. Uh,
1: chaos kills. Man, I like this kid. Yeah. I like
2: this kid. Well thought out answers. You can tell he really, uh, he really wants to be a good player, and I think Marcus it goes back to Marcus Freeman's recruiting. We stole this kid from a place where he was for sure set and sold to stay in, in, in state, but made a decision to come out of state to Notre Dame. I think it speaks a lot about Marcus Freeman too.
1: Mm. I like it, man. Chaos kills.
2: Chaos kills.
1: That's the mantra for Brian Mason. I like it. Chaos Kills. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We go to Howard Cross, who by the way, when he met with the media upstairs, not on the YouTube video, that some of you might have seen over on the Notre Dame site. He talked about going up against this offensive line. And how impressed not only is has he been with the starters, but the young guys like Billy Shrough that are coming on. He talked about Billy Shrough just being a technician, and just being strong and being fast on his feet and athletic. I was like, man, do we have the next Quentin Nelson coming? And Billy Shroff? We shall see. But when it comes to everything else and the preparation for this game, what's the point of emphasis for Notre Dame on to this Gator Bowl cross? This is tech. I mean, last year's bull
6: prep, when um, that whole thing happened, when Freeman stepped up, and it was every day, go as hard as you can. It was basically a scrimmage every single day, and we got after each other every day. And it was, it was fun, and we're doing the exact same thing. Every day is a chance to show yourself, to show everybody. The young guys are getting a chance. Everybody's getting a chance to show what they can do. And it's, it's a new team, so everybody can do what they're going to do. What are you excited about in terms of playing soccer? Um, I mean, I've had limited, obviously, everybody here has had limited experience playing SEC teams. So, obviously, SEC is like a big conference, and I mean, I'm just excited to, to play them.
2: Hey, that's definitely uh what you like to hear, that they've been getting after each other, making each other better, good on good, competitive. Uh, it doesn't get monotonous, and it's fun. You know, it, it definitely sparks a lot of enthusiasm from your young guys. And, and, and for a guy like Howard Cross to get a lot of attention on getting reps against good players, it's only going to make us better against a team that and, and, and gets a lot of hype the, and being in the SEC. Uh, now, they have some freaking natures and everything, but uh, it's, it's going to come down to elite competition, and I think
1: we're going to be up for it. I think what separates everybody's big. Yeah. That's the one thing we pointed out yesterday. Like, if you look at the defensive line, South Carolina, they're just – they're chiseled different. This is, shoulders a little bit wider. The yeah, the 290, 290
2: 90 down there is, is different than 290 in South Bend. Yeah, it's different
1: but they still give up a lot of yards as a rush defense. So I don't know if it's scheme. I have to dig in a little bit more for preparation next week when we'll really get into it. I know Clemson did a great job of using the quarterback run, but they also got Will Shipley to the outside and Moffat to the outside, and they use, they use their guards to pull a lot. So, you know, when you start pulling the guards, that says more about, the linebackers, it says a lot about the defensive line. but And then Clemson's offensive line isn't really that great. And they were still able to run the ball. So we're going to see, man. We're going to see. Is this just going to be the game that Notre Dame lines up once again and physically dominates the team? Or will they come out and throw the ball a little bit more with Tyler Buckner and Steve Angelly than we anticipate?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game plan considering that we could run the ball, but can we throw it? That's the question, is Tyler Buckner going to go out there and and get nervous against live bullets, or is it going to be a more run control? We're going to take advantage of the numbers, analytics, and really drive home uh, the fact that we can run the football on a team that's giving up some yards doing it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So Cross also talked about the D-line, how they've improved the competition. And then he says they face the best offensive line in the nation every day. That's the way he feels.
4: Yeah, that's right. Seen under the Viper position, of Fosky gone, and some other guys kind of rotating in there now.
6: I mean, we're a great team. A great player leaves, another great player has to step up. That's just how it is. And we have great players, and that spot is just going to be filled just fine. And then, what makes Zeke so tough at center? He's a big dude. Just you can't, you can't move him. He's very side to side like he, you can't move him like he's a great center like pitch perfect like they're by far of anybody we played i guarantee you zeke on the offensive line have been the like, hardest offensive line I've played all year there's like a level how to say about anybody my understanding i'm not even just saying that, being 100 serious it's actually kind of ridiculous so yo
0: Ariel
1: has been one of the most unheralded performers along that offensive line it's yeah get a lot of love. Josh Love has played better than he played last year. Jared Patterson is the unquestioned leader of that group. But Zeke Carell has been really good this year.
2: Hell yeah. Zeke Carell has definitely probably just taken the coaching and direction that Harry Heastan has provided. And I'm telling you, when the season gets later, the O-line gets greater. All those reps add up that they use pre-game, pre-practice and after practice when everybody goes inside, starting to come into effect at a time like this. And the consistency you're seeing is what's most appreciated about this offensive line because they're not faulty against great teams or, uh, you know, and, and less dominant against teams we should uh, be better than. They're pretty much consistent and good throughout each week the week, which is hard to do uh, with college football players.
1: It's very hard to do. But the first question he was asked is very key. And, and fans, look, this we weren't trying to be uh negative at all towards Tyler Buckner. We just want to see the kid enjoying himself.
2: Yeah, give, us, like, give you us the
1: quarterback in Notre Dame, man. I don't care. If good good practice, bad practice. Look. There were offensive players that came from the same offensive bad practice that were upbeat. Multiple guys that we heard from yesterday struggled on the offensive side, offensive side of the ball. Same practice.
2: Same practice.
1: yep in front of the mic and was like, let's go. That's right. I love what Tyler's doing. He's balling. I love what Steve Angeli's doing. He's balling. This is Mitchell Evans. This is the tight end. Deion Coles, we're working both of them, learning their tendencies, learning what they like to do. Encouraged. Deion Cozy. what's the mindset of the wide receivers? We're hungry. They're hungry. We're hungry. Hardly. Defensive side of the ball already, Jalen Sneed, amped. Oh, Howard yeah. Carlson, amped. Amps. Hey, Howard, man, you're going to be missing Fosky. Coming off the edge, like how do you replace him? What do you mean? One great player
2: leave, another step up. What do you?
1: Like this is Notre Dame. We that's all we have is a great players. He leaves, somebody steps up. What? What are you talking about? That's all. That's all we want.
2: That's all. That's it. That's all we
1: want. That's it. You should be enthusiastic, as you said earlier, left you haven't been on the field, yeah, no one should be more amped to play this game. You should be
2: out of breath somehow, like somehow you're just out of breath because you've been running around everywhere, you're healthy, you got a chance to to play in a in a great ball game that the team has set you up for. You got young guys that's ready to be led, and it's just important that that you take advantage of the moment because the window is small. Still, you know they're bringing in guys. And this is like your audition tape. So, you know, take it serious, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we're asking for too much, we apologize. Yeah, like, sorry.
2: We, we thought this was Notre Dame.
1: Man. If we're asking too much, we apologize. But, man, I don't know what else to tell you. Your boy, Junior 2 Lamaka, he's been... uh doing some hybrid stuff left. They got him at Viper coming off the edge and also playing linebacker. And, it, you know, he has the body type that if he goes full-time Viper, he's probably going to end up being a really good player. And they yeah. have so much depth in that class in particular with guys like Ziegler and Jalen Snead and some other guys coming in the 23 class that on the interior. They can mix and match, and you still, I forget. We haven't even mentioned Prince College, oh, man. who's going to be a dude, in my He'll opinion, be a dude next year. Look, man, let's keep it above Jack Kaiser, JD Bertrand. You all have some decisions to make, yeah, some decisions to make, man, because the competition is real. I think we can keep, real.
2: Think we can keep JD just from a leadership veteran standpoint.
1: Absolutely. JD And J.D., Jalen Sneed pointed this out, how instrumental. J.D. is not selfish. He's not. He's one of those guys that recognizes the greatness in the young guys. And and Jalen Sneed pointed that out, how J.D. will challenge him.
2: He's a lesser Drew Tranquil.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you have to tip your cap because it's a way to handle things when you know there are great players behind you that are probably better than you athletically. But as a leader, you don't put yourself in a bubble and say, I just need to hold on to my spot. No, it's bigger than that. And as a leader, J.D. Bertrand has acted accordingly. Yeah. And he's poured into those young guys and he's brought them in. And that's commendable. That's what a true leader is.
2: Definitely giving value uh, to a linebacker room where you could be selfish. You know, you could say, oh, I got years on these guys. I'm not about to be here. But he, not being a hater and loving the the team and what the mission is, uh, you know, brings those young guys along. Because, you know, he can't stay there forever. But being able to help those young guys play up to a level to where they can compete together, that's all you can ask for, especially from a great leader like Marcus Freeman.
1: Absolutely. So here's Junior Tua LaMaca talking about working at the Viper.
7: Experience, uh, especially learned from uh, Isaiah Fosky, um and all the older players. So um, just knowing that I can be versatile at that position uh, is, has been fun. I guess what's just kind of the biggest challenge going from linebacker to, to Viper? Um, definitely the understanding um, you know, pass rush moves and everything, especially little key steps towards run games and everything, and understanding that um, you got to be a little lower, uh, stronger. So, yeah.
4: And then since you've been here just about a year now, I guess where have you kind of grown the most either on or off the field so far?
7: Um, I would say mm, my ability to be, uh, to be versatile. I mean, just understanding the whole playbook, the whole. Scenario of being, being wherever they need me at the home on
1: the field. Like he said, he talked about the middle of the season is when I think the staff, and this goes back to a point that we made about Marcus Freeman. He wasn't just trying to win games, the entire program and the entire roster was under review. Yeah. Everything was under review during the season because you don't really know what you have until the live bullets start flying.
2: That's right. you you get the truth. And I think that's, I think that makes it easy to evaluate when it gets to that point Uh and and the dust will settle how it does. You just hope you can prepare guys enough for when those situations and, and, and times come that they can perform at a high level. So, uh, I think all in all included is a good balance of experience with, with youth talent uh, in that linebacker room. And that viper position showing off the versatility of Tua LaMaca, I think is going to help, uh, especially doing it early. It's going to help develop him into a monster potentially, you know, uh, provided he can hold down that spot. And knowing your job, it's a lot more to know than just putting a hand in the dirt.
1: Yo, you know what's happening here, left. This staff is not just sitting on their laurels saying, okay, we have really good guys at this spot, but we can only play one at a time. You know what they're saying? We have to find a way to get our best talent on the field.
2: That's right. We got to move some guys just to get another guy on there. Absolutely. Absolutely. They like, need Prince Collie and Sneed and Ziggler and Tua Lamaca at the same time. Yes. only down.
1: Right. Like We're not just stacking them up on a depth chart, breaking down snaps and giving them 20 snaps to one, 10 snaps to the other. No, we got to find a way to get all of this talent that we brought in last year on the field. They're too good to be sitting on the sideline. Absolutely. Prince Collie has been way too good to just be sitting on the sideline. Yeah, Too good. He needs more snaps. He needs to play. He needs to be given an opportunity to make an impact. That's right. And that's what we're seeing with everything that Marcus Freeman and this staff that they did during the year, the changes that they've made. We're going to see. We're going to get a sneak peek of what things may look like going into next year in the Gator Bowl. Lucky Lefty Podcast, available, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, via CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. All of our great content, especially with our big bro John Garcia Jr., State of Recruiting podcast over at CFB Nation with us. The best content concerning Notre Dame football and recruiting—you already know—it's the Lucky Lefty podcast. We spin it different. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Not only did he talk about his time at Viper, but he talked about the importance of this bowl game and what it could mean moving forward.
7: Uh, as understanding from the older players, it's uh, it's you don't want to go into offseason for another eight months knowing that you lost the game. So uh, we're going to make sure that you come out there ready win that game and for next season and start learning about what we could have done for that game if we lost. So. so this is really a glimpse into next season. So what yeah. can you give us an early glimpse of what 2023 might look like? So uh, we'll be ready Uh come for the national champion
1: and yeah. You heard what he said? Heard what he said to end that? Uh,
7: especially learned from uh, Isaiah Fosky, um and all the older players. So, um, just knowing that I can be versatile at the position is
1: versatile at the position. Getting on the field, attitude going into next season, national championship. That's the bullet points for a freshman in this program. Those are his bullet points. And that's what you heard in the recruiting
2: trail as well. This yes, is going back to it's not just when you get on campus. This is going back to the recruiting trail as well. And I think this is just part of the messaging that Marcus Freeman is pushing. He's saying, "Listen, we're looking for big goals around here. Big goals.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We're not coming to win a conference or beat our rival or, you know, start the season this and that. We're looking for the big goals and." winning the championship, and we haven't lost that uh, energy, you know, since even with since BK. So I think Marcus Freeman's kept that spirit alive and even more and even more.
1: And look, the importance of the Music City Bowl to you guys between 14 and 15 seems to have the same vibe for this program going into the gator bowl sec team favored supposed to be bigger faster all of that stuff notre dame couldn't can't possibly compete Well, it's, it's the same narratives yeah. the absolute same narratives guess what also two quarterbacks playing going into this game just like two quarterbacks are going to play going to play going to the music city bowl I'm getting the same vibes, left. I don't know if it's going to be raining down there, and it's going to be messy, but we shall see. We Benji shall see how things turn out and how things will move forward for Notre Dame in this program. Absolutely lucky, Lefty podcast. All right, it's time for the freshman All American. It's time for the freshman All American.
2: Ben well, Benji the Robert Morris.
1: Yeah, so Benji, you know, what's changed since you got on campus and your play to now?
4: It's, I mean, more reps come, the more confident I, I became. Uh, more plays I got, the more confident I became. And then just the just the practice reps. I feel like when you, it's, there's a difference in the game, the practice in the game. So the more game reps I, I begin to get, the more confident I'm gonna be able to, like just understand the game. I mean, it's a different level. Um, the speed's different, so I feel like I was able just to understand it a little better and just kind of process things and being able to see things before it happens. But what does that confidence look like on the field? Um, just making plays. I feel like plays come from confidence and just, like, being in the right position um, and just, like, going for it. I feel like you just have to you have to go for it. There's going to be a point in time where you can either go for it or not, um, and I just went for it, at all my opportunities, when they would come, my opportunities would
1: come. There is no victory without risk. Yeah. yeah, you're hearing a young player that believes in himself and was willing to go out early and take risk, right? And you saw him get beat early mm-hmm. on, but then, like you said, with each rep, he gained more confidence. And by the time you got to the middle of the season, it was like, okay, we got something here. We got, <laughs> something. We got something here. Three years and done. That's what I'm seeing. Three and out with Benjamin Morrison. Yeah. Just talk about his growth that you've seen from him from start to finish it, this season.
2: Well, a lot of things gone his way in terms of the football. So, you know, he's going to have to probably deal with next year some of what Cam Hart dealt with, and that's not getting as much action as uh, as he's getting this year before, which is uh, can hinder some guys. We've seen it affect Cam a little bit uh, along with some injuries, but uh, – People know about you now. You're not a um a fifteen seconds of fame type of player. They know you 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 got the caliber to be really nice. So the expectation changes for a guy like Ben Morrison, but I think he's a really great kid and will be able to handle the new expectations that are gonna be put upon him because it's easy when nobody's expecting nothing of you. You know, go out there and grab two, three, four, five picks. When nobody they just go, oh, you're just a freshman. Now they're like, no, you're an all-American. You just you got you got to start. Teams are going to game plan away from you, game plan to you, send you their best every week. So I think those expectations that change change the player. You either step up to it and you be ready for it, or you'll you you know you'll you'll struggle and and uh, see just where you are. it'll level itself out. Uh, down the road but I definitely expect a three and out from a kid this uh, confident you know and and he's able to he's able to display his confidence and articulate his confidence through his interviews being able to explain how he's able to do it by trusting the technique trusting the coaches uh, spending the time getting more reps and what that's doing to his confidence so this is a kid that that Marcus Freeman can say, "Okay, we we struck hot on, and, and and got the right player at Notre Dame."
1: I was surprised. I'll be honest, Lev. Really, the kid surprised me. I thought he would be good, but I didn't expect. I didn't expect him to go on that streak of interceptions, but it goes back to teams being open to trying him. And I don't think he's gonna get the same opportunity next year, like you
2: said. No, yeah, it's, it's gonna going to be, be
1: tough true. because teams are going to choose to go after Cam Hart next year, bro. No, for sure.
2: They're for sure oh. going after Cam Hart next year,
1: and that's that's wild. And that's <laughs> probably
2: why he's like, I don't need to get healthy right now, be ready for the good enough for the spring, fall camp, whatever. But they're definitely gonna try Cam Hart more than he's ever been tried. And I yeah. think it just comes from the the lull of having a season where you're not getting tried and then you injuries occur and then you're getting tried and they're like, Oh, we might got something over here. And now you're getting tried the whole season. So I think it's a good, another great opportunity for Cam Hart when he was getting tried his first year, he was making plays. Uh, so this could be that redemption, redemptive season that he's probably been looking for himself to be able to put himself in line with, Uh, getting back to where he believes he can be in the draft.
1: Benjamin Morrison talked about getting to the end of the season and facing the best receivers that he's faced all year and coming out of that game against USC, how he gained even more confidence because he was able to see that he can play with the best players and how that's pushed him to be prepared to face a big-time talent at quarterback in the Gator Bowl.
4: Just the amount of improvement we can take away from that game. I feel like going against two guys like that, um, going into the game, you, you ultimately, freshmen, so you don't really know where you're at. So having a dude to go against who's received the athletes he's received, um, just coming out of that game, um, realizing that you, you can you can compete with the best in the country, um, everyone on that on the defensive side. Um, so there's just, it was more so just understanding like, what we have to clean up as a defense um, and how far we can really go um, in the future. And then what have you kind of seen from Spencer Rattler on film so far? He's a good quarterback. I mean, he's a special quarterback. He can throw the ball like 60 yards like off his back foot. So things like that, he's a special talent. So ultimately, you have to respect that um, as a defense. I mean, when you have a quarterback like that, he's confident in himself and his abilities. You have to ultimately be prepared um, for everything. So you, know, you just have to be on your,
1: um, on your game when you go get to do like this. Indeed, the ball can come out at any point.
8: You know i
2: he, he, he definitely can put some points on you, uh, but he definitely can have some moments where he's giving you a lot of chances as well. Uh, he's definitely right. Spencer's probably the most talented outside of Caleb they've played all year uh, from just a natural passing standpoint. I think he's more natural than CJ. CJ's just on a better team, but I think uh, – it's going to be a good challenge for a guy like Ben Morrison to go against not only elite receivers, but elite quarterbacks and learning Mm -hmm. tendencies and learning how elite quarterbacks play compared to uh, a quarterback like at Purdue that's good with O'Connell, but he's not C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, or uh, Spencer Rourke from a talent perspective. So you're running the gamut. I think if anything, Ben Morrison can say, I've seen NFL players this whole season, and I can play at that level, so it's only gonna help me get more confident.
1: Man, I loved watching them go up against Jordan Addison and Mario Williams. Right? You win some, they win some. You know, that's that makes you better. Now you're not gonna get better avoiding matchups like that. No. And you have to feel good with the way, like he said, coming out of that game. Now he knows. I can play with anybody. I can play with anybody in the country. And you want your young players to get that feeling, right? I think Jaden Mickey's going to be better from his failures going against top talent this year, giving up that touchdown against Ohio State, giving up plays against USC. Like, yeah, you can talk about him right now, but eventually it's going to click for him, and he's going to be better for it.
2: Yeah, it's definitely going to be better for it. I think uh, it's just a matter of time, man. I think it's all going to come together. Another year of experience for those guys is going to do good. Even for our guy, Jaden Mickey, another year of experience. Uh, you saw how he was growing through the, the course of the season from the Ohio mm-hmm. State game to right now. Um, and are, are we are we going to get back um, Brandon Joseph, or is that still ruling us out?
1: If I had to put my money on it, Brandon Joseph would not will not be on the team next year. Mm. If I had to put my money on it right now. He's definitely
2: getting close to people got to
1: decide.
2: That's for sure. Okay.
1: I hope he plays well in the bowl game for his sake. It's I a lot of audition ahead.
2: tapes out there for sure. A lot That's of audition true. tapes at quarterback, safety, you know, linebacker.
1: Speaking of bowl games, Morrison, he knows how important it is to come out with a win against South Carolina.
4: It's ultimately going to be huge for next season. I mean, this will just um, push us or catapult us to um, just motivate us that we can play with the best. SEC, Our um, opponent. We have to respect them. They have good players um, all around. So if we can, well, we'll if we play um, the way uh, we're capable of playing, um, all things should work out.
1: That's a kid that's confident. Like, if we come to play, we're going to win the game. Like I'm trying to be nice about it. Yeah. See, that's why I like Benjamin Morrison because he's GC, left.
2: He gives he's you the GC right. confident. That's, that's true. He gives you the right responses, the ones that can leave you being like, okay, he said, he's checked off the boxes. He knows what he knows the right things to say.
1: So, once again, the 30th. 2.30, Notre Dame, South Carolina, Gator Bowl. We'll see what this squad is all about. You'll see what the youngsters are all about. We pointed out yesterday. Don't get it twisted. This is a very young program, young team, laying the foundation with a focus on winning a national championship. And as you said it left, it goes beyond the current players and it permeates down to not only the kids in the 23 class that will be signing tomorrow, but the 24 class that can't wait to get to Notre Dame, and they still have senior years to carry out. It's a fantastic feeling around this program. So a yeah, wonderful yeah. feeling going into this game, and I think it's going to be even more momentum going into the offseason in the open period in January when the coaches hit the road and start adding to what is already the number one class in recruiting in 2024. So Notre Dame, you have to say that they're defensive-minded. You love hearing the excitement coming from the defensive players. They're ready to roll. At this point, finals, they're pretty much over with. You're tired of competing and hitting against each other. Now it's like, man, Let's celebrate Christmas,
2: and then let's go kick some butt. Yeah. Yeah, let's celebrate Christmas and and, end with a bigger gift than anything Santa can give you this year, and that's a win against a team that, you know, you can feel good going into the offseason with a W against, and it'll speak a lot for those young guys and and put things in place in terms of uh, what they can look like for the next year and what that leadership will grow like and how – the young the young stars mixed week, the new stars coming in. I think it's gonna be a something that Marcus Freeman had in place in his vision of the team. And we're gonna see it come to fruition next year. Especially
1: yeah. after he's dug. I agree. I got Ryan Loft that said, weren't they a young team in 21? No, they had a senior quarterback. They had a pretty uh red shirt junior running back that was the leader of the offense.
2: Senior receiver and Kevin Senior Lewis.
1: receivers,
2: Michael Myers. line
1: a was seniors except for no, they had the freshman come in. All oh, Christophic, Everybody else was sophomore and up.
2: A Madden was a
1: transfer. Defensive line on the interior, seniors. Yeah, Myra. You had, Meyer, said, you had Kurt Heinis. You had With Isaiah Foster, was a junior. Like that, you can't even compare twenty-one to the youth that's being served this year.
2: Incoming, like in, you no.
1: Know, That was definitely a team that was very representative of Brian Kelly's last hurrah at Notre Dame.
2: Very indicative
1: one. Those were his guys. That was his senior class and his juniors, you know, showing you what they had. So, and shout out to Jack Cone. I know people love to diss Jack Cone, but I I love what Jack Cone did for the program. Whoa. What do you think about this? Randy Scheller said we need a great quarterback transfer.
2: Well, I mean, guys are picking schools now, you know, so I don't know how how much of a due diligence that we're doing on it. If we're waiting until we see how Tyler plays in this game, I get it. Uh, there's still some good talent out there, but we would like to uh, at least have some news on, on headways of guys that, we think would have been great fits. We see Jeff Sims get picked up, Spencer Sanders get picked up, Devin Larry just committed. Uh, so, you know, guys are not waiting around for Notre Dame and, and, and vice versa.
1: Yeah. At this point, I think everything is taking place. In my, you know, we'll hear shortly after the bowl game the direction that they're going at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Leonardo Gonzalez, thank you for tapping in. Notre Dame is stacked the running back. Jay Lamar flipping won't hurt as much. Still, Notre Dame needs all the talent they can get. Don't disagree with you at all.
2: Yeah.
1: Don't disagree with you at all. Patrick Hennessy, thank you for tapping in. Unfortunately, I think Kaiser and Maris will be on the move after the game. From the standpoint, I thought they would reach a higher level at Notre Dame. Kaiser, maybe Marist. I don't think he's going anywhere. If anything, Marist might have a position change to open up the interior of the linebacker position. But I don't, I don't foresee Marist being on the move unless some things happen in this bowl game that make it pretty evident that that's what needs to happen. Ryan lost this. No, no OT show today. Special show, John Garcia tonight, 6 p.m. Central Time. Jason Hewlett, thanks for the super chat. Well, ND cover minus two. I mean, I have been winning straight up. So that's the way I see it. Thank you again for the super chat. Jason, I think JP number twenty gonna steal the show next year. He got quicks and vision. Luck for OC. Yeah, Jadarian Price is gonna be a problem next year. Just, I, I, I hope he's gonna be one hundred percent healthy.
2: He might be our Reggie Bush. You never know.
1: You never know because
2: he's built like a freaking
1: Yeah, Jason Hewlett. Out. Once again, we're gonna keep spinning a different. If you can't handle the host critiquing the quarterback room, this isn't a podcast for you. Pick rocks. Luck for OC. Jason, we appreciate that, man. We appreciate that. You know, we we have fun on this show, man. So people might be unwilling to talk about certain things. We don't mind. Yeah, we'll jump into it. Kurt Roberts, thank you for the super chat for the Christmas eggnog fun. Are you an eggnog drinker, bro? <laughs> I, I've I've never done eggnog like that.
2: Yeah, uh, isn't it
1: like an alcoholic drink. It, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, it I never, can be without alcohol, but yeah, for the most part.
2: I never, yeah, I'm not a big eggnog type person. I don't think it makes uh, sense.
1: Yeah. Jason Hewlett once again. Yesterday's show, we talked about hard hitters and intimidators. One game was left out. One name was left out. Glenn Earl. He was our runny lot. Luck for OC. Glenn Earl used to knock himself out, dude. Like. <laughs> No, seriously like, oh shoot. Oh man. Oh my god. Drunk Vigo. I got some rum and eggnog makes sense. Ah, uh, Kurt Robert said put some whiskey in there. Some menorah whiskey.
2: See y'all, y'all going. See, the only thing I'm liking right now is espresso martinis, man. Get you one. It'll change life. You know. Oh,
1: this is a blast from the past. Lorenzo Booker who ultimately ended up at Florida State. Haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, I remember Lorenzo Booker. He he ended up being okay in college. We didn't miss out on too much. Yeah, Troy McIntosh said it is too sweet and too thick. Do you have a special uh, holiday spirit that you go to for like all the Christmas parties left?
2: I like, the, I like the cookies, man. I'm a okay. cookie guy during the Christmas time. I think it's because I grew up on making them during this time. So I love Christmas cookies, man. I'm always fire.
1: Yeah, I love Christmas cookies. I'm looking forward to the Christmas cookies that we're going to be baking on Saturday night with my daughter. Um,
2: it's crazy. It's almost Christmas. It's like when you get older, it's like another day for you
1: almost. Yeah, I picked my daughter up from the airport last night, left she gets in the car. You know the first thing she says,
2: "Can I get five dollars or something?" No,
1: it's my first time seeing you since that beatdown.
2: <laughs> yeah, like man, I'm about to buy you a return flight right now.
1: I had to take it on the chin, love. I had to take it on the chin. I had to take it on the chin, boy. I
2: was like, we had the the pine time going on. You know, it was pine time.
1: I didn't had even throw excuses out. I gave no excuses. I just sat there and took it on the chin, like, you know what, baby girl, that's a good one. That's a good one. I didn't even see that one coming. Yeah. I, I expected a hug and, and a nice ride it. home.
2: She was waiting on it. Because you know, they ain't <laughs> wanting so long. So they, you know, they, they they want it, they act like they uh been winning forever. So
1: man, boy, you already know what time it is, love. Gunton. Tell your stories of the day brought to you by Anora Whiskey, that premium American Whiskey, Hey man, I gotta throw Willie McGinnis and his boy on the train.
2: I know you hey, hey. see each other. Hey, what did it say? You throw the rock and hide your hand. You're talking about you throw the rock and hide the bottle. Why did he sit there and really try to snuff dude like that? I'm like, Willie, you the biggest dude in the whole party. Yeah,
1: you forget he's from Long Beach, bro. Oh, my (laughs) God. He had his goons with him, too. Yo, man. I'm looking at this video like, Willie.
2: You know what I
1: respect? You know what I respect? The goons did the majority of the work. They did. They were like, you know what? You move. Move. You the money.
2: We got to protect the money now. Got to
1: protect the money. And the ghouls went
2: to work. He went to work and got on him. So, there, I wonder what happened.
1: Hey, man, we gonna see how this story plays out. But that was, I had to put him on the petty train for that. Like, man, come on,
2: Willie. I mean, that little old space he was in, too. It's
1: all bad. Look. College football, y'all got to do better, man. Because some of these early bowl games, dude, there's no promotion.
2: None. It just be on TV. It's
1: just on TV. <laughs> like, we have to put the NCAA and these television partners on the penny train, man. Yeah. Like,
2: And they come on at 4 o'clock or
1: something. No hot social hot media on. posts, alerting, no notifications, nothing. What are we doing? Promote the games. Promote the games. Promote the games. Heck, Marshall beat Notre Dame, and they just played in a bowl game. I just happened to be flipping through TV. Like, yeah, you
2: just trying to see what was on.
1: Made man. The third quarter. Yeah,
2: <laughs> heated matchup.
1: Yeah. So shout out to a uh, former Notre starting note, former Notre Dame starting quarterback Drew Pond, who committed to Arizona State yesterday. Uh, he follows Kenny Dillingham, who was the offensive coordinator that made Bo Nix actually look have decent this year in Oregon. So,
2: well, they're two different players. So, I think it's good. He goes to a team that's rebuilding, get a chance to get in there and flex his muscles as a starter at a and in the Pac-12. You're gonna be playing some good games. I think it's a much better landing place with low expectations with a the. 28-year-old head coach almost, <laughs> you know. So this would be a good spot for Drew, man. Happy for him.
1: Man, Drunk Vigo said Arizona State is my – dude, that's every – look, let me tell you something. Arizona State, if you've never been to Tempe, bro. It's amazing. They, they earned their moniker as they a part earned. of the school. I love it there. It's well earned. Well earned to the point. No, yes, see, our boy Greg Glisman. I forgot you live in Tempe, bro. Hey, man. I love it. I love Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) I would not encourage any kid that is serious about academics to go to school in Arizona. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) No, go focus elsewhere, kid. Go focus elsewhere. It was somebody I forgot to put on the petty train yesterday. Oh! I know who it was. Let me make sure I could. Let me see if I can pull this up. Put the petty train up.
2: What was it, the Redskins?
1: Oh, we did the ref yesterday. We did the ref of the Redskins-Giants game. No, but I'm the, gonna put no, the media. The media. And I don't want to blast this certain reporter from ESPN. So, Giovanni Bernard was involved in a special teams play where there was a miscommunication mix-up. And... He tried to get out of the locker room without talking about it, which <laughs> I don't which I don't like. Like yeah. be professional, talk about it. But a certain reporter caught it on her on her phone and literally like put him on blast yesterday, which she didn't have to. Eventually he stopped. He spoke. You got the quotes, but you felt like he was a jerk. So you felt like you wanted to expose him. And then you feel This is the problem I have with the media. Yes, athletes have to be professional. They should be professional. Ask your questions, but they're human beings.
2: Yeah.
1: Hey, anybody that's in a relationship, I'm sure all of you have told your partner, like, man, I don't want to talk right now. Yeah. no i want to talk about it i got the right we got the right to talk about it. no 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 you can't make me talk about anything and there's no different with athletes i don't care how much money they get you can't force anybody to talk about anything and you can't make them answer a question the way you want them to answer a question okay learn how to walk away because there's other ways to do your job damn so I uh, yeah I had to put her in the media on the, down there in Tampa on the Petty Train. Because he's right. He's like, man, you all haven't spoken to me all year.
2: Now y'all mad that y'all don't want to talk to y'all this one time? No, like, man, what's saying? an
1: important part of the game? Like, dude. Go, See, ask, I... go ask the special teams coach. Yeah. Like, you don't, there's no other way for you to get a quote. It's like, come on, man. That's when the media acts, is is more entitled than the players. They won't tell you that, but they are. I'm telling you they are. And I've seen people put in their place in locker rooms, and I laugh every time. Lucky, lucky podcast,
2: <laughs> and I laugh every, every time.
1: time. <laughs> I've literally seen reporters. Hey, that's funny.
2: I know you back there giggling. Son.
1: Put in their place, and I'm dying laughing like. That's what you get. That's exactly what you get. Left will be back tonight with John Garcia, Jr. Pure recruiting. Nationally recruiting. Notre Dame. Tonight for you. Lucky Lefty Podcast, LL Nation. We spin it different. Have a great Tuesday. But most of all, make sure that you do things by spinning it different. We'll see you guys tonight, 6 p.m. Central, with John Garcia right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast.
8: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.